0: what's up everybody welcome to the pick six podcast monday march 4th man march is a great month february stinks not to knock on yeah the super bowl is great i love the super bowl of course you doesn't love the super bowl but there's not a lot of nfl action during the month of february you really just get one game ergo i don't like february i think it's the worst sports month a lot of college basketball i love college basketball but the reality is you know, you're sort of like grinding through a bunch of conference games, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it's March now. The combine is rolling right along. We're going to talk to John Breach and Ryan Wilson on uh, on the old pod today. Very excited for that. Of course, they are live in Indianapolis. They're still there. I have traveled home. I am no longer in Indianapolis. Um, and uh, but you know, of course. As you know, if you listen to the show, and if you're new to the show, great. Thanks for coming by. We are daily, Monday through Friday. Uh, we will be... Uh, we were more than daily this week. We went right through the entire freaking weekend. We did a Saturday show and a Sunday show too, uh, live from Indianapolis because, you know, you need to, you need the combine news. You need the combine goodness. And, uh, we're here to get that for you, get that for you. And we're going to get it, um, updates on all the defensive linemen. It was a crazy day on Sunday in terms of performances at the combine. Defensive backs are coming up on Monday. And so we'll break that down on Monday night. Uh, there's some news to cover first before we get to those guys. And and additionally, I should point out that, um, on, so we'll have Monday's show will be, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll probably have some news come out Monday. I would expect several franchise tags. We'll cover plenty of that when it comes to Tuesday's show. And then we'll lock those down. Tuesday, 4 p.m. is the deadline for teams to uh, apply the franchise tag to players. Several of them will be coming in the next you know whatever it is, like forty, you know, less than forty-eight hours, thirty-six hours, maybe. Um, I think you're going to see Cowboys, the Cowboys and Demarcus Lawrence uh, get reach a, uh, a you know, a, a, a tag situation. Clarence Hill of the Fort Star, Fort Worth Star Telegram, good dude, Clarence said that they are quote not close on a long-term deal, and barring a quote unexpected miracle offer end quote, the Cowboys are going to have to tag him. And look, I could have told you this coming out of the combine. You talk to people um, who close to, you know, close to Demarcus Lawrence, and it's clear that they want to get north of 21 or 22 million dollars. The Cowboys think that they can get Demarcus Lawrence signed for 19 or 20 million dollars. And I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's important to the player. It's important to the agent. It's important to... Um, first of all, it's, it's like two or three million dollars extra a year. Right. I mean, that's a lot of money. Uh, it, But it impo- it's important to break certain barriers and to be the highest paid at a certain position. In addition, you know, if you're Demarcus Lawrence, you say, look, I got this franchise tag out right now for twenty one million dollars, whatever it is. And, um, you know, I've also got, uh, you know, next year's franchise tag, 144% or quarterback money. So we're looking at 49 million guaranteed bare minimum that would be given to Demarcus Lawrence over the next two years if he were to play out the franchise tag. And so as a result, I think you see a situation where Demarcus Lawrence is not willing to take less than what he believes is his market value. He's going to want to demand maximum money when it comes to when it comes to trying to to get paid, and he and the Cowboys aren't aren't very close on a deal. Additionally, sounds like Grady Jarrett and the Falcons uh, are far along, are, are not close here, <laughs> yeah, not close as well. Quote, not close. According to D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution, uh, uh, Jarrett's tag would be $15.2 million based on the, uh, the, the salary uh, cap number that came out. And, you know, that would, that would be fine, but they don't have a ton of cap space, like 20, 22 million, uh, give or take. And so if you're, if you're the Falcons, you would love to get something done. It may be difficult. Uh, Grady Jarrett's number, perhaps a little bit suppressed based on defensive tackle money. I mean, if you're Grady Jarrett, I'm not saying Grady Jarrett's as good as to Marcus Lawrence or anything, but you know, I do think that, um, by the way, sorry, it's 20.56 million, uh, now in terms of his, uh, for Lawrence for this year. Um, You know, it'd be 29.6 million for next year for a 44% increase minimum, maybe quarterback money. So you're looking at more than 50 million guaranteed just to, just to clear that up. And with, with, uh, with Grady Jarrett, you know, he doesn't, he's not going to, he, look, he doesn't want to take whatever the Falcons are. If the Falcons are trying to offer him 15 million a year, you know, on a five year deal, that's really a three year deal. He's probably not willing to take that considering how close, you know, he, he was close to being a Super Bowl MVP. And he understands that there is value in pass rushing defensive tackles. Look at Geno Atkins. Look at Aaron Donald. You know, and and this is not a great, you know, it's not a great year to be demanding money as a defensive lineman because, uh, you know, there's a great defensive line group in, you know, in the, in the, in the draft. But still, I mean, Grady Jarrett is a guy that the Falcons badly need. They don't want him to hold out or anything like that. I don't think he's going to do that. I, maybe he plays a year on the franchise tag. Uh, or maybe they, maybe they hammer out a deal in between you know now on July 15th once once somebody tags you you have until July 15th to uh, to work out a deal uh, additionally it sounds like there could be a uh, a bit of a battle between D Ford and the Kansas City Chiefs according to I believe it's uh Mike Florio Pro Football Talk said that there are concerns um Oh no, excuse me, Adam Schefter of ESPN has this. Now, it was the Pro football talk wrote it up. Uh Chiefs are placing their franchise tag on D four today and plan to play with him this season. But with the change to a four three defensive scheme, they will listen to trade offers for the franchise tag player. Um, so I think they're gonna tag him as a linebacker, right? But if they shift to a four three defensive scheme, uh, you know, he wants to be like he's a pass rusher. And this is where Joel Corey. We talked about. I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast with Joel Corey, but I mean, like we we did definitely. I did. I talked about it with him. Um, you know, they're, 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 in the next CBA, they got to figure something out where it's like you need an edge rusher designation in the in the in the CBA for franchise tags. It's not fair to these players that if you are a pass rushing linebacker, you are lumped in with middle linebackers. Like it's great for C.J. Mosley; his tag is the same number as D. D. Ford's. But they play totally different positions, and T Ford made way more money in free agency than C J Mosley would. It makes no sense. They need to figure that out, um, and, and that's that's a bigger problem. But so expect um, some sort of potential battle. Uh, you know, look, this is not a you know this is not a crazy number here. Seventeen point one two eight million is defensive end uh, linebackers fifteen point four four three. But the linebacker is propped up by guys like Von Miller, right? Top five salaries in the league. And, you know, and whereas, uh, you know, defensive end is hurt because it's basically calculated on four, three defensive ends. So instead of getting, you know, the the Von Millers of the world, you're, you know, you're. You're like you're dealing with like Chandler Jones's deal and Olivier Vernon's. Uh, Olivier Vernon's moved, it's just a whole. It's a whole messy issue. They need they just need to figure out a way to get rid of the the designation and to get us some sort of uh, edge situation. Also in the news, you won't believe this, Antonio Brown. It's unbelievable. He um he has appeared on uh, uh appeared on an ESPN uh, uh interview with Jeff Darlington. And he said, "I don't even have to play football if I don't want. Whoops. I don't even need the game. Whoops. I don't even need to prove nothing to no one to anyone. If they want to play, they going to play by my rules." Oh my goodness. If not, I don't need to play. Obviously I want the game, but I don't need the game. It's a difference. This is not what you want to say, AB. This is dumb. Very dumb. Going out here and saying, "I don't need the game. Whoever trades for me is going to play by my rules." This is not what teams want to hear that might want to trade for Antonio Brown. What they want to hear is, I'm ready for a fresh start. I'm ready to dominate. Whoever, you know, whoever trades for me, I'm going to go out there and put up numbers. Remember he, I wrote about this. He appeared on the, the shop with LeBron James on, um, on, on Friday night. And he said, I don't have an ego. I mean, like, what do you mean you don't have an ego? Your ego is massive. You're saying all these teams are going to play by your rules? This is insane. It makes no sense, Antonio Brown. You're killing your market value, you're making it tough for the Steelers to trade you. And it's 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 just a foolish, foolish thing that he's doing. I would have liked for me and Ben to be cool. I thought we was cool. When I think I've been to his house one time, he's been to my house one time, we don't work out in the off season. It's like, yo, if we really want to win, do you think that's winning? That's not winning. That's not winning culture. Oh boy. Criticism really is part of the job. I answer criticism with achievement. I love Ben. Ben's my quarterback. He's feeding me the ball. He take care of me. I'm not worried about him calling me out. But on a professional level, if I'm your guy, make me know I'm your guy. Don't say I'm your guy, then call me out. That's an issue. Don't say I'm your guy, then point a finger. Don't say I'm your guy, then throw then the, don't throw me the ball the whole first quarter. Man, Larry Fitzgerald came out and was asked at the Sloan uh, Analytics Conference in in Boston about Antonio Brown's situation and said that, Ab probably doesn't know how good he has it, and that is spot on by Larry Fitzgerald per usual. Um, yeah, look, Ab's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback his whole life, whole career. He's had a Hall of Fame quarterback, six round pick who gets to slide in and play with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's been catching balls from no name jabronis for years, and he still carved out a Hall of Fame career. And he doesn't, Ab doesn't understand the frustration. And if he ends up getting shipped somewhere that doesn't have a quarterback in place, but has a frustrating young quarterback situation, maybe he gets shipped to Buffalo, and he has to play with Josh Allen, who's scattershot. He's got a cannon arm, but he's scattershot. You know how bad that's going to go for A.B. in like the final how many ever years of his career? My goodness, A.B., get it together. Stop doing these interviews. Just be quiet and let the Steelers trade you. You don't need to control the message. Just get get traded. Go get your money. You're going to get paid. You're a great player. Stop doing all this stuff. All right, we got to take a quick break, but after that, we are going to talk to Ryan Wilson and John Breach, live from Indianapolis. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. All right, joining us now, as promised, man, a group, a pair of excited heroes on the ground in Indianapolis. I'm back here in the comfort of my home, drinking beer, feet up, t-shirt on. These guys are well-dressed, looking sharp, and grinding out hits. John Breach and Ryan Wilson. What's up, fellas?
1: We have been in Indianapolis so long that they have asked Ryan to change his driver's license to Indiana. Um Actually, what is you, be right after this? you've only been in Indianapolis for like seven hours, John. That is. <laughs> I pulled all nighter to my wife's 30th birthday and then drive through the night, through the snow of Indiana to get here to be on CBS Sports HQ with Ryan this morning. And he appreciated every second of it.
0: I mean, I, I got to say that it, it was you deserve. I hope that you get the appropriate credits from not just your wife, but also our bosses because, you know, Ryan's just hanging out in Indy, going out with friends, grabbing beers, not really doing much. <laughs> John, meanwhile, drives all the way back to Nashville for his wife's 30th birthday. We just the podcast, happy birthday to Rachel. And then you drove all the way back from India, from uh, Nashville to Indianapolis for Sunday's action, um, at the combine. And we're going to talk about that now, by the way. I want to give a shout-out. When I got back from the Combine, uh, about like 10 or 11
1: o'clock uh, to my house. Wait just, a second.
2: Think about what you say. If it's going to make me angry, don't say it. If you got something free, if there's something, I don't need to <laughs> your... He is
1: full grumpy old man mode right now. I know
0: he is. I know he is. He's like, he wouldn't communicate with me. He's like, text Brinson and figure out this podcast.
2: I was, was rocking my mantra. We
1: were playing a total game of telephone. I can't even. Wilson's like, Breach. Text Brinson because there was no direct comunicado between Brinson and Wilson. That's because Wilson didn't want to say what was on his mind to me when I was like, I, I, had to, I had to write those two things. He blocked you from his cell phone.
0: I, Ryan, you know I'm joking. You you've done it on like, like I'm not trying to like pump you all up on here, even though our bosses uh, listen. But I mean, Ryan had a call time every morning at 8 a.m. and didn't miss one of. Didn't miss one on, which is really impressive. That's uh, every morning at eight a.m. while we're at the combine, and then your your last hit was usually in the sports line hour, which is six p.m. You probably did nine hundred hits here.
2: Uh, Although Prisco said he did more work this week than I did, we had that conversation last night at dinner.
1: That's the least surprising thing that Pete Prisco would ever say. And let me throw one more thing about why it's so impressive that he hits these eight a.m. call times because half the combine is staying out till 1.30 and schmoozing, which sometimes involves alcohol. So this guy is staying up late, and he's the first one awake. Like I'm not making any 8 a.m. call times, but no. Wilson is the king of the 8 a.m. call times. Yeah, I mean, I, right,
0: right. I've said it on here already. I'm going to keep saying it. Um, you, uh, you know, look, here. The bottom line is you've had a breakout combine. It's a big combine for you. <laughs>
2: no, all right. What was going to be the rest of your? Before I interrupt you, what did what, oh, you get the mail?
0: Uh, so I, I get I get to my house, and there's a uh, a package sitting on the front door. I'm like, man, I wonder what this is, and it is from Phil Delaney, a podcast listener out in Washington, and it is a box full of Unbelievable Washington beer, like Seattle area beer, right? <laughs> just like the table. Uh, currently- I I want to
2: mention real quick who who gave us the dangerous shirts because I brought mine to the combine. I think John brought his too. I've got one in my book bag. Maybe but- we'll wear it tomorrow on set.
0: That was uh, Louis Dolls, of, you, of, Lewis Dawes.
2: Thank you, Louis. Yeah, I, I like that shirt even as a Steelers fan, and I may yeah. wear it on on Sundays. Do we give?
1: Do we give all our home addresses to Phil Delaney? Uh, no, you should have, cause this beer, I'm telling you, this beer is unbelievable. I'm drinking yeah, no.
0: a, uh, Ruben's Crush by Ruben's Brews. Uh, it's just, it's just a, just a hey, listen. face melting, uh, uh. Yep. Yeah,
2: we have a, we have a, a reservation at St. Elmo's in a little bit. Let's, let's
0: <laughs> are you going to St. Elmo's?
2: Don't worry about it.
1: Who are you going, who are you going to St. Elmo's with?
2: Don't, I can't name names. You, yes, you can.
1: Uh, we met some people. Mike you, Tomlin. They gonna, might be NFL owners. So you're
0: going to, you're going to St. Elmo's with Dane, is what you're telling me. It's y'all and Dane. Is that right?
2: Does Dane on the football team? If so, maybe. No,
1: who are you going to St. Elmo's with? Come we can on. invite on the Cowboys party bus. You can you can. It's a coincidence. You can name Who are you going to St. up with? Just y'all say?
2: Look, look, look how bad he wants to know. <laughs> I don't care. Look, I'm going downstairs. We're going, with, we're going with work colleagues, Wilbur. Which work colleagues? Let's name some names. Dane and Andy are still here. Okay, Brian, okay, all right, all right. They're breaking down the set. That's
0: nice. You guys deserve a uh, – You. oh, wow, you're not helping to break down the set. Ugh, awkward. <laughs> um. Anyway. uh you guys deserve a nice thing. That was look get the uh, get the shrimp cocktail, Ryan. You'll like it. It's nice and hot. It'll clear out that that grumpy sinus thing you got going on. All right, let's talk about uh, some Sunday winners and losers and sort of an overall perspective. I mean, I don't, we don't need to touch on Kyler Murray anymore, but I do think that Sunday was a huge day at the combine, right? I mean, like we had uh, the the defensive linemen and the linebackers out there running drills, and I know that who's I mean who's the name that everybody was talking about, Ryan.
2: Uh there are a lot of names. I mean, it starts with Quentin Williams. He ran a four eight three uh as a three hundred and something pounder. He just solidified his spot as a top three guy, could be a number one guy if a quarterback doesn't go first. Uh what's his name? Josh Allen ran a four six as a two hundred and sixty pound defensive end slash outside linebacker. Um Devin White ran a four four one or four four two because Montez Sweat ran the four four one. Montez sweat the defensive end out of Old Miss or Mississippi State who dominated at the at the um senior bowl.
1: And then poor Devin Bush comes out with what would usually be a blazing 444 4443. Four, four, and no, not even the fastest person in his position group.
2: Yeah, we were talking but about impressive. DK Metcalf on Saturday blowing everyone's doors off. This entire class went absolutely bonkers and just sort of reinforced what we already knew. And even, you know, um your guy, for instance, and now breach's new guy, Dex Lawrence.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about Dexter Lawrence, uh, They should not have a second round this year, and just make the first round sixty-four picks because there's like sixty guys that deserve to be on the first round.
2: No. He ran a five hundred four, and he would have run faster, but he got hurt towards the end of that thing.
0: Minor quad strain, I believe, is what uh, Kim Jones, who was on the field with Dexter Lawrence at the time of uh, the NFL Network, uh, reported. And yeah, look, the uh when when you look at, I mean, when you when you look at what happened, it was an absolute reinforcement that this linebacking group, I mean, excuse me, this defensive line group and edge group um is just a different group of dudes. I mean, Montez sweat at a four, four, one is.
2: Did you see the list that Siciliano tweeted out about who he was faster than
0: Odell Beckham,
2: Odell Beckham, Julio Jones. I mean, AB was way down the list. And then when they readjusted to four, four, one, He tied Adrian Peterson back in 07 when he ran.
1: And he's 6'6". Like, think about it. Say you draft him and for some reason, four years from now, he's a bust. You you could be like, you know what? We'll play you at receiver because he's faster (laughs) than all these other receivers. Like, that's insane that you can talk even talk about that with a rusher. Have you seen his mock
0: draftable? Um, For those who don't know, um, mockdraftable.com basically does uh, – it's like a spider web graph. Yeah, Uh,
2: comparing all the uh, traits. Two other past draft dudes.
0: And uh, he compares to Josh Sweat, Brian Burns, Lorenzo Carter, Ziggy Ansah, Daniil Hunter, Jadaven Clowney. Um, it is a pretty graph. You know, only thing he's down on is bench press and weight. I mean, this guy's an athletic freak. And I know I saw uh, Lance Zierling, Zierlein, Zierline, excuse me, our, our – our friend over at uh, NFL Media pointed out, he's like, if you don't have a mock draft with Montez Sweat in the top eight, you might as well tear it in half. And, he, and he's not wrong.
1: I hope you have. Him in not I, top, I, I him. was going to say, you know who in this conversation has a mock draft that does not have Montez Sweat in the top eight? Did you have in the top ten at least? Nope, no. Guess again.
2: It's coming out. Well, people, it'll be out by the time people listen to this. I'll look at. Let me see real quick what I have. So his
1: pre combine, Wilson's pre combine, he had Montez Sweat at twenty one. And he can tease his mock draft right now because he's got one coming out Monday that everyone can check out after they listen to the podcast.
2: Oh, I have him going to your guys at 16, Carolina Panthers. So he moved up five spots but not in the top eight, Brinson. But, I mean, the people in front of him, it's it's a really hard argument to, to put him up there. I, I get why you would do it. And he – I mean, look, the dude balled out. But you know who, who we have not talked about in this first ten minutes? Who's that? Nick Bosa. Oh, wow.
0: That's true. And he had, did he have a good day? I mean, I mean,
2: I... Four-seven-nine. Four, Ran faster than his brother. Uh, did the drills. He looks perfectly healthy. Um, I don't think anyone's upset by that time. He's still going to be the, one of the best players in the draft. I don't, He's not going to be the first overall pick if the quarterbacks get into the mix, but certainly otherwise he'll, he'll be over there in that conversation.
0: Uh, 79.7% comparative, uh, mock draftable, comparative mock draftable comp to Joey Bosa. So, I mean, like, not, not a surprise. Like, guys who are brothers usually tend to being comparable because you are talking about
1: a height, weight, weight Unless you're span. David,
2: unless you're David and Derek Carr. I, do
1: you think they comp- Oh, man. Wasn't wow. trying to get blocked on Twitter. I <laughs> you know, the Carr Brothers He'll block anyone.
0: Let's see if Derek Carr compares to, actually, 100. Will Greer is Derek Carr's number
2: one comp. That's pretty neutral Will Greer.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, good for you. Um, yeah, no, I just think that, uh, with, I, I think with Nick Bosa, what you got was exactly what you sort of expected which yeah. is athletic, no but not my – like, Joey Bosa didn't come to the combine and light everything up. In fact, out of the combine into the draft, people said Joey Bosa might have already hit his ceiling. It's like, well, he's 21, so that's probably not the case, idiot people who said that. I like, I, I love Joey Bosa coming out. I mean, I, there's no reason not to love Nick Bosa aside from potential contractual issues and, and
1: injuries. I mean, I think you put him as an edge guy, and he's going to do damage. The weird thing about being at the top of the draft, though, especially for a guy like Nick Bosa, is it feels like – You come to the combine, you can only hurt your stock. You know, you're already projected to be a top three pick. What can you do to make yourself look better? Not really much. As you said, he just did as he expected. Everyone saw, everyone got what they expected. And now he's still a top three when if he would have done anything, he would have crapped out in the 40 yard dash or done three reps on the bench press, he would have killed his stock. So it's like being a top five projection. It's, it's risky business coming to the combine. I'm I'm I'm
2: looking at the mock draftable thing now because I totally forgot about it. DK Metcalf's 20-yard shuttle and three cone drill are going to be troubling for some people because he was bottom five percentile in those things after being what is he in the 40-yard dash? 95th percentile. So it
0: looks like Pac Man. His his mock draftable looks like Batman. Batman yeah.
2: going to the and,
0: and look at and look at the comps. Like if you're looking at it on a on a laptop, um, John Baldwin, Mark Harrison, Kenny Britt, Hakeem Butler's on there too, as well, and Keel Harry is you know is as well. But like, the we don't ju- know about these guys yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, but I mean, like John Baldwin and Kenny Britt are are red flags. You're talking about, you know, like
2: pocket isn't something you put at the top of the resume.
0: Yeah, Kenny Britt. I mean, you know, John Baldwin showed up and ended up getting becoming a first round pick because he blew it up. But when you're when you're when you're bottom tier on those twenty yard shuttles and three cone drills, I mean, what you're talking about is a a skill set that allows you to get get, yeah to get open and to run a complex route tree.
2: So if you're gonna use the thing. When you watch him play, and Ole Miss doesn't run a lot of crazy routes, they have him running go routes all the time. Dawson Knox, who could be a first-round pick as a, as a tight end if he went somewhere, didn't you? I think you were talking about this too. Didn't run, he didn't catch the ball because they didn't throw it to him. But you watch DK play, and you're like, oh my God, this guy can. He can run routes. He can run the routes that uh, you know. He can run post patterns, and um, you know, crossing routes and all that. But yeah, at the end of the day, NFL teams have to decide exactly what he can do. I had him taking a huge jump, going number nine to the uh, the Buffalo Bills.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that DK Metcalf's combine, cause he was already a first rounder and probably a likely first overall wide receiver. I think that his combine puts him, and we mentioned this on the podcast yesterday, I believe, but I think it puts him into the, 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 top 10 conversation. I think, I think if you're doing a top 10, you start with Nick Bosa, Quinn Williams, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, yeah. no. Montez Sweat, and Boom. uh and uh dk metcalf and that's seven you got seven I mean, you got seven like who's who's who in the who is who's jumping ahead of those guys in in your mind
2: brian burns came in at not 235 but 249 he ran a 453 yeah. 65 I, I mean he reminds me of alden smith on the on the field <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned drew Locke, mm-hmm. uh juan taylor people love we'll see how high he goes and I think that TJ Hawkinson is another guy that people love. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would draft him in the top ten at the end of the day, but uh, I did on Monday. Uh,
0: yeah, just looking at the three-cone drills, too, when you look at these, um, it, man, this is such a good freaking edge class. I mean, Montez Sweat ran a seven-second three-cone drill.
2: Yeah. he That I is think, bananas, man. And that's the thing. Like, the question coming into the senior bowl was, can he get around the edge consistently? And um, he did it. He struggled. He, he was okay. He wasn't great, but that three cone drill certainly helps his case. <laughs> Brian,
0: Brian Burns 7.01 3 cone drill. I'm
2: you, man, that guy is gonna he's gonna be guy people are gonna be talking about.
0: Uh, Josh Allen seven fifteen. Nick Bosa seven ten. I mean, the uh, Cleveland Farrell seven twenty six. That's not terrible. Rashawn. By the way, how about Rashawn Gary? We didn't talk about him. Rashawn Gary was cooking. On what, the- you
2: remember what I predicted before.
0: I, I do I I don't remember anything from the past five days. So no. I I, predict,
2: I said there's there's talk that he's gonna run at four six. You're in a four six one. You're in four six one, I think it's the final.
0: Four five eight is uh four, is, there you go. So yeah. I
2: texted somebody close to him and I said, uh, hey man, he's doing pretty well. And he said he texted back and said, Rashawn is a freak. Yeah. And that that was clear.
0: Four five eight official, actually. Uh, they made it official. Uh, that is the in fact that is the fastest official defensive line time there's some edge guys uh burns is ahead of him and justin hollins out of oregon is ahead of him and sweat obviously uh but the fastest like a guy who's listed as a defensive lineman and by the way uh you know he weighed in at 277 so we're not talking about a a small man 38 inch vertical jump 120 inch broad Mm -hmm. jump 7263 cone 429 20 20 yard shuttle 26 bench press reps. Really good. Uh, you know, I, I, there were some people who would have Rashawn Gary in the bottom half of the first round. I think he's probably a lock for, I mean, we might be talking about a top 10 guy who's who's locked in now too.
2: Well, the only thing with Rashawn Gary is he didn't put, put it on tape at Michigan, and that's the concern that people have. He's, I mean, you just read off all the stats. He's an insane athlete, but he played out of position at Michigan. He was taken on double teams a lot to allow other players to make plays i talked to people that said his job when he was even on the edge was just to rush upfield, not use any inside pass rush moves. And the offensive lineman he was playing against knew that, so he was pretty easy to block. Because you watch him, you're like, why, why is he not using that athleticism? But, you know, NFL teams will uh, figure that out. Um, by the way, you should ask – I don't know if you saw this, Wilbur, but you should ask John about uh, – one of the guys I like a lot but he's had a tough week is Chicago Polite.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and by the way, uh, real quickly on, on Rashawn Gary, his mock draftable comps, Bradley Chubb, Adelius Thomas, and Rasheem Green, uh, and Calvedebosh. So that's not, uh, oh,
1: that is not terrible.
0: What do you, what do you think about Jakai Polite breach? It, rough, rough, uh, rough, rough week for him, right?
1: Well, I think it's funny because all we've been talking about is how great and how fantastic every single person has been at this combine. Literally, uh, we haven't said bad things about anyone. And then along comes Jakai Polite. And puts together one of the worst combines. What has to be the worst of anyone this year, right? And, yeah. And, and, and you're playing a position where it's so deep, like you could have, you could might have knocked yourself out of the first round. That's how bad he was. I, I mean, think almost. Yeah. I think
0: he, I think he almost absolutely knocked himself out of the first I round. I don't
1: right understand.
2: There. I need to figure out what's going on because you watch him play, he's awesome. He ran a four eight, which is certainly not terrible. But I don't know why you would take someone in the media room and just berate him for being for all the bad things he did last year he, when he didn't do a lot of bad things. But wait, he said wait, 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 he, wait. he's like except for the Rams. Rams.
0: Wait, Is wait, that, wait, wait, wait. What, wait, what if what happened in terms of berating the Packers?
1: Oh, yeah, this part. All right, tell him. Oh, yeah. during during his interviews, uh, he was asked. You but know, the 49ers and another yeah, team. What did the Forty Niners do in your pack, interview? Packers and 49ers, Quote: yeah, They just bashed, bashed me. me. What did the Packers do? They bashed me. And the thing was. He described it as they're testing your character. They're putting it on bad film to see how you react when, you know, clearly they did not get the reaction they wanted. They probably scratched him off the draft board as soon as he walked out of the room because, you know, he just doesn't know what he's doing meeting with teams. You would think somebody would have polished him up a little. Clearly that Was he angry? I thought he was sort of joking. No, no, he, he wasn't angry. He was just, you know, like it didn't feel like the teams got the answers they wanted from him. Oh,
2: okay. But he did say he loved the loved the Rams, and he called uh, Sean McVay. He was like an uncle. And they do
1: pick well in the first round, so maybe maybe it's a match made in heaven. And they need a edge rusher. Well, and he's
0: a guy too who, I mean, I get that. Like, yeah, I mean, like it felt like he was maybe more upside Ryan than than he was. Yes,
2: sure, one year production. He weighed two forty during the season and came in here two fifty nine or something, I think. Crazy motor. When I first saw him play, he reminded me like of a more athletic, taller James Harrison type. Um, he looked a little thicker here than I thought he was going to look, but I, I don't, I don't know where this is all coming from. I don't know if it's like John's saying, they're just testing him and he sort of failed that test in terms of how he would react or if there's something deeper. Cause I haven't heard anything, um, about what that deeper might be. Even on Twitter, you know, when people like to chit chat about everything, his, uh,
0: his mock draftable comps. And again, like if I, like I, I get lost on mock draftable,
2: just... I'm going to predict they're really athletic.
0: Uh, are you being sarcastic?
2: No. What are they? <laughs>
0: His number one comp, ninety nine percent, is Jeremiah Atachu, the uh, linebacker out of Georgia Tech, who was drafted by the Chargers in two thousand fourteen. David yeah. Bowens and then Bjorn Warner, famous Ooh. first round pick by Ryan Grigson. I mean, his 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 little spider web thing is a, is a
1: is a it's tiny. It's not good. I mean, good. yeah, that is uh, pretty almost as bad as all the first round picks. I mean, Ryan, 50, I mean, doing,
0: his number one attribute here, and he didn't do all the stuff. So you're, you're minimal, you know, he only did. Because didn't he? Did he like say he had a hamstring injury or
1: something? Yeah. Well, if you perform that bad, you just got to start. Stocking. You just gra- yeah, yeah.
0: But like, you need to I'm hurt, guys. You, I'm done. Oh god. You, yeah. you, you need to grab your hamstring before you go out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Ryan. Like this guy's supposed to be a freak athlete. So you would expect. you know what I mean, like he's 29 percentile in weight, 18 percentile in height, 54 percentile in wingspan, 15 percent in arm length uh you know 47% ver- uh percentile in 40 yard dash and 37% in in vertical jump now maybe he maybe if he'd done the three cone drill it would have been good and but the fact that he would get hurt right then is a uh is a major concern uh, yeah no doubt about it he is mm. a, he's an absolute if you're doing a winners and losers i mean this is a guy that yeah i mean i think a lot of people myself included had put in their first rounds in
2: mock drafts uh um, yeah i have going in the first round this time still i'm not going to move him out just yet
0: you should move him out
2: I'll give him one more week. Okay. He's, he's definitely a loser. I gotta figure out where I'm going. So in
0: other words, if it were four o'clock in the afternoon, you would move him out. But since it's eight o'clock at night, you're
2: not moving him out. Oh, I'm going 31 to the Rams. Oh, okay. we just talked about that. Yeah. So that's, Sean he McVe- could be like a, you know, but yeah, those numbers, those Is do he not. see the help. guy
1: that said Sean McVay reminds him of his uncle?
2: That's Chicago. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that makes sense. <laughs> Nepotism on that draft. He,
1: rem- he reminds me of my little brother. I like
0: that guy. Sean Um, <laughs> what, uh, what about Devin White? Did he secure himself a spot in the top half of the draft?
2: Not top half. Devin – oh, Devin White. Yeah, I thought you meant Devin Bush. Yeah, yeah. Devin White is a top 11-12 pick, and I say 11 or 12 because the Bengals have the pick at 11. They need a, a, a linebacker. Um, I don't know if there's a team in the top seven or eight that would take him based on the other things that are available. Maybe there is, and that mostly means quarterbacks. His, but if he went the – he's his, an insane athlete. Like he's Roquan Smith Ro, or Rashawn Evans to me.
0: Yeah, I mean like he's not – he doesn't pop out like when you look at – like he's not bigger – the, you know he's not like big or 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 strong or like long or anything like that. But his, yeah, you I know, see his
2: weight there. I'm looking at you. I know you're looking at mock draftable now. Yeah. But um, he he looked plenty thick. two yeah, thirty seven. Yeah. Six feet. He's 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 compact, and that's what? that's a good weight for him. He can fly around. Um, he can't catch, but that's okay. You
0: gotta you gotta remember too that when you do these sortings, like if you move him to athlete instead of linebacker. Um, uh, yeah. You know, he's 20, it's percent in weight, in weight as opposed to, uh, 36%. Because you're you're talking about linebackers. So like, even though he, like, like, uh, I don't know that he gets the Roquan Smith. Yeah, yeah, Roquan Smith 78.4% comp. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is like, you're talking about this long history of, um, let me
2: tell you something. Look, click on Roquan Smith and look at his mock draftable. And it looks a little bit like Jakarta
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he was 92nd percentile in 40 yard dash. I've actually run the 40 yard dash with, uh, with Roquan Smith.
1: Did, you, did you lose like you did to everyone else? <laughs> no, that was a better job than I uh, had. Sorry, Brenton. That was mean. That was, <laughs> You're mean. Not that was a low blow.
0: I set myself up for it. I did it on purpose. That's all right. Um, no, I mean, look. But, like, Devin White, you know, he comes out there and he run, You know, he ran a really good 40, had a great vertical, strong three-cone or decent three-cone, strong 20-yard shuttle, and, and a great broad jump. I mean, I think, he, I think he made himself some money for sure. I mean, yep. like, a lot of times with these guys, too, like, you don't go to the combine – you know, if you're a, somebody who's a probably a first-round pick, you're not going to the combine to guarantee, you know, yourself that you're – like you're trying to
1: secure your position. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like we were talking about with Nick Bosa. And the other thing is, say 10 years ago, that made sense because, you know, Matthew Stafford, number one pick, signs for over $50 million. But now that they're slided, it's, the difference between going three and five, there's just not a huge difference. Sure.
0: No, no doubt about it. And um, what uh, anybody else stand out from Sunday's action or maybe somebody we didn't talk about on, um,
2: on the – Devin Bush, uh, the other inside linebacker, Michigan, ran a 4-4 whatever it was. Um, if he's there at 20, the Steelers will sprint to the podium to get him. I actually made this <laughs> joke on Sportsline with me and Breach. We're talking to uh, Eric Asilius. I said if Devin Bush is there, you can bet Pete to pay that they will take him.
0: <laughs> was Pete standing there?
2: No, he yeah, had low blow without Pete anyway. Oh,
0: there. that's even, that's even better. So you, you, you put Pete on blast without Pete actually being in the, uh, in the actual conversation. Good for you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. That's good work. Um, that's all, the best time
1: to put Pete on blast, by the way.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. No doubt about
0: it. Uh, what about, we didn't mention, I don't think some of the wide receivers from Saturday.
2: Right. So they, we talked about DK Metcalf a little bit earlier. Let me give you this scenario. We talked. No, it was yesterday the day before about all the picks that the, the Raiders could have to make themselves better quickly. So here's what I have them taking in my latest mock draft first round. Tell me what you think. So Josh Allen's there at four. Sure, great. Who you do you have go, the, who do you
0: have go number one, Kyler?
2: Kyler. Wow. Oh, no. That's, that's going to be a thing. You, you're the trendsetter on that, so I'll give you credit for that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. And then um, at 24, I have them taking Cleveland Farrell, another edge rusher, because that's something that the Raiders would do. Take two really good edge rushers. <laughs> then I have him taking a 27, Paris Campbell, the guy who ran the four-three-one at Ohio State, who doesn't run many deep routes, but he's an underneath guy. But that would be perfect for what Derek Carr does. He throws the ball three yards in the air, give it to him, and let him do everything else.
0: Well, it's not like John Gruden's offense is stretching the field anyway, right? Like right,
2: was, exactly. So, yeah. I, you can't take enough edge rushers if you're the, the Raiders who had one of the worst defenses on offense. I mean, uh, I guess passing the run, according to our guys at Football Outsiders.
0: Man, Paris Campbell had himself a day on the field, didn't he? I mean, he doesn't measure out as somebody who's like a freak show in terms of an athlete, but he's a he was a smaller speed slot guy. But yeah, you
2: know. go watch the uh, Michigan game. I watched it yesterday. It just a quick clips of it, just his clips. Good yeah. Lord, have mercy! He had an end around seventy five yard or seventy eight yarder to win it, and no one was catching him around the edge.
0: Four three one forty. Eleven reps, forty inch vertical jump, which is really That's okay. which is really good for a six foot guy.
1: You know, um, else ran four three one. That can almost mean he can almost jump over me. Yeah, yeah, he can almost jump over himself. <laughs> you
2: uh, know, ran four uh, three one, the wide receiver.
1: Uh Eddie Isabella.
2: Yeah, I love that guy.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, hold on. Oh, before by the way, before we get to Eddie Isabella, I do want to talk about him. Um, because when we when we recorded the Sunday podcast, I think we just seen the first group of wide receivers. What Breach, if you were try, if you were thinking about drafting uh, D.K. Metcalf, would you be worried – This I noticed this yesterday. He never had a, a single rushing attempt in college.
1: No, that doesn't bother me at all. I mean, he's a wide receiver. You don't have – that's by design because Ole Miss has no creativity in their offense. As Ryan said, they send him deep all the time. So, to be honest, that tells me that you don't know what D.K. Metcalf's ceiling is. So, you put him in some super creative offense – All of a sudden, you hand him the ball, and that dude's a tank. Who's going to tackle him? You can't tackle a tank. So I think that you put him in a creative offense, you start handing the ball off to him. You know, we saw it with Cordero Patterson. He struggled until he found a spot where, hey, I can get five to eight carries a game. doesn't have to be a ton, but just enough to keep the defense honest. And then also, although this three-cone drill time is is a little concerning if you're going to start running routes, start being a running back, uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's concerning in the sense, if I'm a team looking to draft him, that he did not have a single carry at all Miss.
0: It would be fun to watch somebody try to tackle a
1: tank. I it just... would be fun to watch you try to tackle Yeah, I was going to say, all the bragging you're talking about
2: your stuff, that's something you should be doing.
0: <laughs> why, would I, why would
2: I try to tackle a tank? Why would you try to run a 40-yard dash against who you run it against?
0: Uh, Sean Swim- Smith or,
2: or Sean
1: Swimmy McGill. Oh, yeah.
0: the, steamboat, the steamboat blew past me. Um, well, I don't know, like, my thing with DK Metcalf is just, I would be, I, the, the there's three
1: cone, he did not have any lateral movement. Like, yeah, like, and that's the concern, not the zero carries. No, but I'm saying,
0: like, but I'm saying, like, the reason they didn't give him carries is cause you wouldn't.
2: No, they had AJ Brown. He could do, he actually did that sort of thing.
0: Metcalf stats aren't good in college. He never had more than 700 yards.
1: Don't draft him then and just watch him. I, I wouldn't draft him. I wouldn't draft him. I mean, I was telling Wilson earlier that a lot of times you see receivers from not so, I mean, Ole Miss is a big school, but you know, not quarterback power schools. We've saw we've seen Antonio Brown come from the MAC. Jerry Rice came from Mississippi Valley State and it's cuz if you're at a school and they don't have a good quarterback, they can't get you the ball. So, is that your fault?
0: Well, I mean, look, they were they stunk. They were 1 and 7 in the uh SEC last year. He you know, he only played what uh 7 games cuz of his neck injury. He played 12 the year before. Um and yeah, you know, they they scored, but they but they were thirtieth in, in in college football in points scored.
2: Uh, I want to talk about another wide receiver. What do you think about this? <laughs> the uh, 30th, Patriots taking Kelvin Harmon at thirty-two.
0: Uh, I think it would be a great pick for the Patriots. And yeah,
2: that's what I have going in my latest mock draft.
0: Do you think Kelvin Harmon did not have a good combine?
2: Four-six. It's not terrible, but right compared to what I mean, you're saying next like DK Metcalf, you're going to lose every time.
0: Here's the thing with Harmon, and it's actually the opposite of like like he he had a, you know, like, he's 78 percentile bench, 76 percentile height, 89th percentile weight, 64 percentile arm length, wingspan's a little bit shorter, 34 percentile, but then, like, his sh- shuttle, three cone drill, broad jump, vertical jump, and 40 yard dash were all bad. Um,
2: and that's- Again, watch him play. I mean, you know this, but I'm saying to everyone else, watch yeah. him play.
0: I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I think he'll be good, but, like, the recent comp, uh, that, that, that's scary is Laquan Treadwell, out of, uh, for also
2: another Ole Miss, Wide receiver. He can't catch. I mean, that's yeah. a big issue. That's a big difference. Yeah,
0: Harmon can catch. I'm not, I'm not worried about, I, I'm not, I'm personally not worried about Harmon. Uh, but, you know, look, in a class with Enkil Harry and DK Metcalf and Harmon and, uh, Paris Campbell and Debo, 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 Sam, Debo Samuels. And then who else? There's one more, um, one more guy
1: who could be in the first-round mix. Of the- Marquise Brown
2: wasn't here. He's hurt, but he could be a first-rounder.
1: Yeah, I think if there's somebody and else. I might sound crazy asking this because I'm being short-sighted, but when is the last time the Patriots drafted a wide receiver in the first round?
2: They traded.
1: uh a- I feel like they haven't done that. I mean, obviously they had Dorset on the team, but they it's wanted to- not Chad- their draft. Was Chad Jackson first or second
2: round? The-, the second round 2006, they got Chad Jackson. I think they may have wanted San Antonio. Steelers traded for him. So no, Have Jackson. they ever done under a belt? And Chad Jackson ran like a 4-3-something at the combine, and then he was doo-doo. Once he got to the pros.
0: Oh, I know the other guy, Hakeem Butler, um, out of Iowa State.
2: Hakeem had a great week. Yeah, he
0: had a great like. Oh my God, his mock draftable thing is like almost fills it out. That guy's a freak of
1: nature, body wise. Ran a, ran a podcast pro- is brought to you by Mock Draftable. I
0: mean, it just it just it just it just gives you a like a very. I don't know. It 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 works for my brain for some reason. <laughs> Um, or maybe everybody's brain. The guy who does it is smart. Uh, but yeah. like if you're if you're a I mean, a Akeem Butler ran a four four eight forty. He weighs two hundred twenty seven pounds. He did eighteen reps on the bench, thirty six on the vertical jump, and one hundred twenty eight broad jump. You know, he has issues catching the ball, and that that is certainly a red flag. But I mean, he has the kind like I, here's my point. If you're Kelvin Harmon, you go like you can't go to the combine have a terrible. Like not ter-
1: terrible.
0: If you, if you have a blow average week, this is how you below. this is how you fall behind Akeem Butler and the other guys who are in the mix. And Keel. But Herring. it's also how
2: you end up with a kid in the second round that ends up dominating because of some stupid one legged race.
0: No, no, yeah. I'm, I'm with you for sure, man. But I'm just, I'm just saying that's that is you know like mm-hmm. it's not ideal if you're if you're uh, if you're if you're uh, if you're uh, Calvin
2: Harmon. Calvin oh, Harmon,
0: yeah. yes. <laughs> any other, any other, uh, do you want to talk about Andy Isabella or any other losers?
2: From no, I just season? like right. it. He had a good senior bowl. He had a good week here. Um, I don't know. Pete Prisco seems to think maybe third round if things continue to go this direction. 5'8 uh, sprinter. You know, five, eight a, so, uh, how tall is John Ross? John Ross? Yeah. Uh, Something like that. 5'9. Five, five, oh, okay. Ten. So, yeah, it is I think so. He looks like it. He plays like it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. Isabella's 5'9, a buck 88, 4'31, 36 and a half uh, vertical. 121 Man. broad, 6.953 cone drill, and 20, 4.15 20-yard 20 shuttle. Maybe the Patriots trapped him in the second round. I was going to
2: say, he might be a better first-round choice than Kelvin Harmon for the Patriots. Rewrite I, the mock. I know.
0: Seriously, why would – if you're the – like, I get that he's not the type of guy you would take in the first round.
2: Why not? Would you take Wes Welker? Uh, 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 he's not Wes Welker because he's much faster than Wes Welker. Would you take Julian Edelman, a much faster Julian Edelman in the first round? Yeah, of
0: course you would. Yeah, you would. Um, yeah, I mean the, – the, it wouldn't, look, it wouldn't surprise you at all if the Patriots ended up taking 80 as no. well.
2: I mean, they took, uh, who was the tackle? Uh, Logan Mankin. Someone saw that coming.
0: That, sure. Yeah. Teams, teams at the bottom of the first round do weird stuff all the time. Uh, what, uh, oh, I know. What about, uh, Miles Boykin out of Notre Dame? What about him? He had a huge combine, right? Am I wrong?
2: I don't. You know what? I haven't even seen the numbers. Oh what my he god! He had
0: a monster combine.
2: I want to go back. I think Miles Sanders had a good combine too. He played behind Saquon last year, but right. I haven't got a chance to look at him either.
0: I haven't watched anything. I I I, I haven't watched Boykin, but he's 6'4, 220, out of Notre Dame, and they ran the ball so much the last two years that it's hard to. It didn't have good quarterbacks. Four uh, four two forty. 12 reps, I didn't
2: know that. 43, okay.
0: 43 and a half vertical jump, 140 broad jump, 6.773 cone, and 4.07 20 yard shuttle. That, that is, helped. that is an elite effort by Miles Boykin.
2: Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't know that happened, to be honest with you. So I'll look it up. Um, I, I mean, I think, jealous.
0: yeah, and look, look, podcast brought to you by Mock Draftable. His, uh, only thing he wasn't above 75% in was, oh, was the, uh, was the bench press.
2: All right, I got to I got to get on him. 90,
0: 99 brawl jump, 99 vertical. Whew, man, 86 20 yard and 77 3 cone drill. Uh if you look, oh, Jesus, his uh, Calvin Johnson is a 71% comparable for him. That is not is that terrible. good. Andre Johnson 69% comparable. When Calvin Johnson and Andre Johnson show up in your comparables like athletically from your combine testing, you had a really freaking good week. Uh okay, Really quickly, and I'll get you out of here so you can get to your, res- your uh, dinner reservation, guys, You can go get some shrimp cocktail. So you're, you're not far away from – you, do you have to go back to the hotel?
2: We don't have time because I'm messing around with you.
0: Mm, good. So if I keep you on here for like five more minutes, you can't go back to the hotel. Yeah, nine the seconds. What's going to happen? What? what, what you, uh, just give me one more name, one more uh, One more. Oh, take.
2: Well, I'll talk about – well, by the time people listen to this, but I'll make a prediction. I, I feel like DeAndre Baker is not going to necessarily test well. On uh to Monday. Yeah, yeah, give me somebody to
0: watch on the on the defensive backs. So.
2: But um, I think he can have. He's going to be really really good at it. The cornerback out of Georgia. I like him, and I like Byron Murphy, the wa- the cornerback out of Washington. He's also going to be smallish and probably won't test as well as Greedy Wilson. But I like them both better than Greedy Williams, uh, who looks like a NFL cornerback because he's six two and um lanky and and he when he wants to play he, he can do it. But that's the question: How focused is he?
0: Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. Uh, Breach, what do you uh? What are you going to be looking for when the defensive backs get out on the field? Because I know you'll be. You
1: know, well, I'm going to jump into something real quick because I wasn't on the quarterback podcast. It was Kyron Murray? Well, you were at his press conference, right? I was at. I was sitting next to you. I thought it was interesting, and not that he gets to pick his team or anything, but remember he was talking about the Cardinals, and they were like, "Oh, what do you think of reuniting with Cliff Kingsbury?" And he's like, "Oh, that would be nice." And then they're like, "What would you think about playing for the Giants?" And he was like, "Oh, I'd love that." And so. And Dwayne Haskins also said he'd love to play for the Giants. So I just think that uh this was completely off topic. That the two top quarterbacks in the draft both clearly would love to be drafted by the Giants, which I think is like a fascinating dynamic and will be, you know, potential for drama if either of them are still on the board.
2: Oh, by the way, one one more thing before we let you go. I just saw this on Twitter. We were talking about Jakai Polite in his interview. Lonnie Johnson, who's out of Kentucky, he's a six two cornerback that is raw but NFL teams like. Um, according to Chase Goodbread from NFL.com, uh, Lonnie said the Seahawks put him in a staring contest lasting 15 <laughs> to 16 seconds during the formal interview with him. He said he won. He couldn't re- recall the name of who he went against. So this type of weird stuff that these players have to go through for reasons that aren't entirely clear.
1: And, no. you know, it's funny. The guy who did the staring contest last year was Mr. Michael Dixon, Seahawks punter, and they Ooh, ended up selecting him. Great pull. So, maybe that's a little hint. On who the Seahawks are going to draft. That's a good call, Breach. Whoever does the best in the searing contest gets drafted.
0: Uh, and you can see the Seahawks drafting a quarterback. Um, wouldn't be surprising. I don't know if they, look, do you yeah. know, the Seahawks are the weirdest first round team of all time. Like, they, they took Lonnie Johnson. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, like, yeah. um, Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny last year. Yeah. I mean, is Lonnie Johnson a viable first round pick? I have no idea.
2: No, he's raw. He's, he looks like one. He looks like Richard Sherman, but that's where it is.
1: Okay. Yeah. I don't think anybody in the world had Rashad Penny going in the first round last year.
2: P. Carroll did in his mantra.
1: Schneider, <laughs> just, Carroll, they
0: just do whatever they want. They did. Hey, look, you don't need a running back. You don't even want to use a running back as we're year, but you go ahead and draft him anyway. Maybe they'll use him this year. Uh, alright guys, maybe we'll, uh, you guys are, you guys are
1: in Indianapolis till Tuesday,
2: can't, right? Can't wait for this one. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> what do you think I'm going to ask you?
2: Come back tomorrow.
1: Yeah, alright, just In bat be- time, same Brinson channel. Let's do it.
0: We'll run it back tomorrow after the defensive backs go. Uh, my son will actually be at preschool, so I'll be able to enjoy. You know, to, I always hate Sunday Combine Day because I'm either traveling, or uh, you know, my family's like, we we don't want to watch these guys do football stuff. I'm like, this is my job. They're like, you, we don't care about your job. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna go back and watch it in the replay tonight. In the meantime. Subscribe, rate, and review. Follow John Breach on Twitter, at John Breach. Follow Ryan Wilson at RyanWilsonCBS. Make sure to check out Ryan's new mock draft that will be posted by the time you're listening to this. And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.